Rap man. Where is he? Where is he, bud? Oh, I'm right here, baby. How's everybody doing? We're back with season of sports. I'm Ray Scipione, along with Chad the Wiz Grimley and the Godfather Chuck, the main man Grimley, high atop the Grimley Financial Studios. Chuck, the Phillies won seven of eight, two or three from the Dodgers, but more importantly. Where is that scratchy voice in the morning stuff? What's going on? <laughs> AKA the, I was just starting to like it. I have some, I hate to call them fans. I don't think I have fans. I have some followers and I'm getting these texts. What the hell happened? There's no advice. There's no warning. The Daily Show just, boom. Yeah, you know, it's a combination of everything. If I had to pick one, bud. Grimly, uh, probably work. Yeah, fire. things are pretty hectic. We are cooking uh, with or without oil, man. We are smoking. We, we've waited all our life, maybe, for this. Put the kids in, turn it over, and watch them run. And one thing you know about Chris and Chad, they can run. And uh, we're growing like crazy and all divisions. And it's, it's taking my mornings, nights, and just trying to keep up with it. The other thing was logistics. Uh, you know, Mara likes to sleep in. I'm getting up at 5.30, disturbing the household. So, you know, a couple of days, the computer didn't work. The laptop was on the fritz. And we, I'm, there I am trying to wake Chad up at 6 o'clock. Hey, I've been getting calls as I'm <laughs> hopping out of bed. It's like I'm at the dining room table. What's wrong with the flash card or, I got, <laughs> or memory card? I'm like, uh, I don't know. I heard, your, I heard your wife put her foot down. Well, before she put her foot down, she put the card in the thing wrong, and Chad goes to Home Depot, buys like a fifth. Oh, we told this story last week, right? No, I had to buy some type of tool I've never heard of, some T9 or T8 (laughs) screwdriver, and I had to take 35 screws out of the podcast machine to take a SIM card out. That was, uh, or I guess, yeah, that was somehow buried in the machine, but we got it out and, and it's still functioning. And for those of you that don't know much about Chad's private life, he doesn't, he did, never owned a drill when he lived at the house. Okay. Never hung a picture. Did you ever cut the lawn? No, no, no. But okay. I cut the lawn at my house this weekend. No, no, no. And, I'm, I'm saying here. Well, not here. No, no okay, you didn't hang a picture. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Hey, listen, he was a good kid. Okay. Right. But, right. Uh, I'll, I'll have you know. Right. Life. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. boy, is it ever. Good. Right. I spent the test past two <laughs> weekends putting in new flooring yes, in the baby's did. room. I put brand new laminate flooring down. Took me about eight hours. Yeah. With my brother-in-law, yeah. and it looks great. Yeah. Now, most of it was directed by him, but once we got the rhythm of it down, we were working in a great, a great team. Hey, uh, are you a believer yet, Big Ray? Um. I'll tell you what, Chuck, it's scary because it's almost to the very week last year when they had that uh, run. Um, maybe I-, I need another week, Chuck. I'll see what they do this week. Um, uh, we forgot that we didn't even mention. Oh, by the way, the skipper, Charlie Manuel, will be here in about five, eight minutes. Yes, he so will. Yes, he will. We have that going for us today. But, yeah, another week, Chuck. Let me see. I'm a hundred percent aligned with you. Uh, I'm not a buyer yet, and and you know, and I'll point a couple people out there. You know, oh, you're so negative. Listen, what they do, <laughs> good, you know about. It's in front of you, and of course, as advertised. But I do think it's the concerning things that we need to, to talk about. I mean, are you concerned, Phillies fans? that over the last 17 games, not including the Nats, which are stat infusion episodes, um, they're averaging 3.4 runs per game. I mean, you have to concentrate on that. When we played Detroit, did we score? No. I mean, the Detroit Tigers, they're a triple-A team. So we haven't scored six runs in three consecutive games yet this year. Many other teams have done that, not just Texas. We're still at 4.20 runs per game, updated through today, even with the June infusion, as I call him, Kyle Schwarber. Uh, we don't walk. We're 27th in walks. That is a problem. The on-base, just look at the on-base averages, and you know we damn, damn well donate on runs. So I don't want to go over the whole detail because we're going to probably dump this on Charlie a little bit. I want to turn to Wiz, but... Okay, five home runs for Stott, won't cut it, 739 OPS, six for Baum, 710, 
JT, five home runs, 709 OPS. Harper, check this out, boys. Not only three home runs, but here's a concern. And we'll draw, draw a comparison to allegedly the best player in baseball. So Harper at 842 OPS, okay. Last 600 at bats, 877 last year. Blend that with 822 this year. Career lows. So he's in a dragnet, I call it, OPS. So you say, gee, that's concerning. It's Or we got to go back to 950 and, and stuff like that. Then you turn to his comrade, the guy that came up at the same time and has played 13 seasons, Trout. And Trout's numbers in June, he's batting 110. So, yeah, you talk about a concern. Um, so, you, you know, once again, he came up when Harper came up. These guys are playing their 13th season. So you do start to wonder um, about the – so here we go, slash line, 114-256, 200 slug. For Mike Trout, I mean, I had to read it three times. I was convinced I was wrong. 456 OPS in June. No doubles, one home run. Ah, June's a fluke. There's only like 30-something at bats. Okay, of course you do May. 245, 338, 449 slug, 788 in May. So now you say, are we starting to see the age factor kick in with Trout? And if you are, are you seeing it with Harper? I know this is early stage stuff, but you have to put the analytical net around a trend if you're good when it's an early trend and you're saying it before the rest of the media world or the rest of the world observers are. Wiz, respond to all that, bud. Um, Wiz and bud. I do not think that Trout or Harper are in their decline I'll start with Trout for a 30-ish, 45-day-ish slump. It's concerning for sure because if you look at June, or if you look at May, as you mentioned, there's only two doubles and six homers in the entire month. It's only eight extra base hits. He's only got one in June so far. So if we're almost halfway through June, if he finishes with two, three, four, five extra base hits anywhere in that range, that's obviously really concerning. But no, I'm not overly concerned about Mike Trout's ability because he I know last year he had on a shorter scale like an 0 for 21 one for some some really you know shorter shorter term slump too and he finished the season you know with yeah. incredible numbers he's, he's never had a month that bad no he's never had maybe had a month that bad but I don't never. think it's a time to panic because well, we're not saying panic well we're saying the decline I don't think he's at that point right um but it is odd because Otani's been hot recently, so you'd expect that to kind of run with Trout too, him to kind of run that from those two to run together. Yeah, uh, the Angels haven't been playing all that bad. You know, they're still kind of finding ways to win games a little bit and stay around five hundred. And you think if Trout's doing that bad, they they would start to really dip to a four or five games under five hundred. But they haven't done that, so it is a little surprising. Harper, yeah. I'm not really concerned too much about either. I think that he's really getting some of that rust off, and now I think it's the time. For him to have a great rest of the season, give me the over under total on his home runs. Harper's at three, rest of the season. Okay, we have what a hundred and oh, you're base, you're more than about a hundred. About a hundred games left. Yeah, about that. Um, yeah, I can't wait to hear this, Ray. Wait to hear mine. Twenty five. Oh my God, that's exactly what I know, Ray. I do it. I do it, and I do. I swear to God, (laughs) come on, big fella. I will. Wait a minute. Now, I hate to say it. But I think I'm going to agree with Chuck here. I whoa, think whoa, whoa, whoa. With, What's with the hate to say it <laughs> bullshit? What's that about? You, I just, you know, I really think all, missing all these games year after year, I think it takes a lot it out does. of you. It does. I it's think true. it's the whole, uh, you know, kids married, uh, you know, mansion here, yeah. mansion in New Jersey. Uh, you know what? It gets to anyone, especially, you know, the quiet trout. I think for the most part, you're going to see a guy like him walk away earlier than like Pujols did. See, Ray Ray lives in, in, in trout's area. So he has the inside stories and, 
and little whispers that we don't we don't we don't get down here. Yeah, he sees Correct. a doubt the Hamilton beat market. We don't get that advantage. And he's building you that don't. hundred whatever million dollar golf course too. I heard that's yeah. We're going to be with Tiger Woods. We're going to be first members down. Hey, speaking of privacy and distractions, Ray, you're right. So Turner, I'm not going to I'm not going to out his house location anymore. I was, it was a poor judgment on my behalf to mention that. Uh, but anyway, you know he was he. It was very much a fishbowl for anybody because just where it happens to be on the corner of a main street. Beautiful, beautiful house. So anyway, uh, last week he ships in when money is no object. The greatest things happen. He ships in about 120 10-foot Arbor Fighties. I don't know road. where they got these Arbor Fighties. They're not the – I tried to get big ones for the back terrace, and they were like – Five and a half feet, remember? Half yeah. of them died. They probably hook them up with the Philly's top landscaper. I guarantee you, I said to Marion, how many of these Arbor Buddies are going to die? Oh, you none know? of them die. They got like a two-foot mulch bed for each one of them. Hey, I'd love to know what that project costs. They're around the entire house, all really? the way out, all the it way could, around. They could throw $100,000 in landscaping. That's what I guess. They oh, could easily That's what that. I guess. They, they do that in Hamilton. Yeah, I mean, you could easily shell that out. I mean, you can do a house project now for a couple thousand dollars. You could easily do a mansion for, God, if you didn't do, make it that nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw what our mulch bill, bill was. Well, maybe know? that's inspiring him to hit a little bit. But anyway, we do have a power outage, Ray. It five home runs that went through it and uh, three at Harper. And then the new guys, the new kids, other teams have these exciting players that are calling out Stott and Baum. They're supposed to be the new kids. And... I don't think they're going to put up OPS. I know it sounds too early in the panic. I don't think they're 850 OPS guys. I just don't think they're they're wired that way. I think they can both be everyday players, but if you're looking to catch up with the other guys, since you're damn near less than home runs in the league, and if you look at – this is cool to do, guys. Go back and look at your World Series two teams, not one, not the winner, because when you do the winner, you kind of uh, – you skew the data where it gets disproportionate. You got to take the two teams in the World Series and look at how many of those teams are in the last five in home runs and walks, and keep looking and keep looking and keep looking. You ain't going to find one. So when you look at the Phillies' walks and the home runs, forget before, forget the pitching ERA at five right now and almost dead last in defense. That's my concern, right? And I don't know that that turns on a dime. Do you suddenly start walking? Do you suddenly no, start hitting home runs? You don't, you no. don't suddenly start changing all that. But the way the Phillies are looking at this is they just need to get hot like last year. They'll sneak into the playoffs, hopefully not the sixth seed, hopefully the five seed, and if not better, but probably the five seed, and then just get on a run. Is the time that we we call? I think we better start to dial up the skipper, and we got a good rotation worked out here today. And uh, I will I will be lead batting first with all my speed. I'll be I'll be batting first, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's great. That I, I hope we get through the agenda with the skipper because we got we got some good stuff to talk about with him. But you know, time, 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 right? So, skipper, how are you? Here we are. This is Chuck. Good morning, Skipper. We have Big Ray with us too. How are things with the Skipper today? Doing good. I've been uh, been watching the games just like you guys. Right. I keep up with baseball every day. Yeah, it's great. Listen, before we get started, I bet you're happy with all the rule changes. Maybe you could talk about the preoccupation Nola seems to have with it. But in general, first, Skipper the rule changes, your reaction to it, and then if you could maybe talk about NOLA issue this weekend with it. Yeah, I like uh, you know, I like most of the rule changes. You know, like I uh, the uh, I think the, the 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 clock is good. I mean, you know, like I, I like it a little bit. I'm not I'm getting used to it. Right. Uh, I think I told you before. You know, like the thing that I just uh, that bothers me a little bit is. It takes the art of pitching out of the game, I think, when you've got guys like uh, Jamie Moyer, Maddox, you know, those type pitchers in, in holidays. You know, like they can take the game up and keep the momentum on their side or they can uh, calmly slow it down and they can control the game that way, you know. You know, I mean, they, you know, like if they know every hitter on the other team and things like that and they know who, who likes to get up and swing quick and everything like that is a – a cat and mouse game. I think that you don't get to see that as much, but at the same time, 
uh, I definitely think it cut some uh, time off the game. Yeah, yeah, it's all good stuff. Now, regarding the stolen bases, I want to uh, call your attention because I know you watch these games very, very closely. I want to call your attention to Saturday night. It was a route. It was 9 nothing. But I, I have a problem this year with um, Turner's aggressiveness. So I, we all believe he's going to continue to improve and get his numbers back to a, a, a pretty decent season. We have that faith in him. But as far as him being aggressive on the base pass, he stole at base, and he was safe by a mile. But JT interfered with the backswing on the catcher, so he had him put it back to first base. Will Smith is three out of 33 stolen bases attempts. And you're thinking, okay, Harper was going to get the second. Uh, This is before the game got blown out. And he just sat at first base again. Only eight stolen bases for the year, Skipper. Why isn't Turner, if I said Harper, why isn't Turner running more so far this year in perfect situations against a catcher that's not throwing anybody out, but he just doesn't seem to be as aggressive as we would think, you know, stolen base-wise? Yeah, I think it, uh, I think Trey Turner can steal some bases for us. You know, like when we picked him up, you know, like I thought that was one, uh, uh, you know, like a big part of his game, which it is. And uh, I think when, uh, you know, like I think if you go uh, go back, at, uh, I think yesterday we had a double steal where Harper and him stole third, and then Turner stole third, and all of a sudden here's uh, here's Strahd up, and he uh, dunks the ball over the shortstop field, we get two runs, you know. And, uh, you know, basically that's, that's playing uh, situation baseball, and and uh, also playing the game in fundamental ways, really. You know, I I think that he's very capable. I think Trey Turner is very capable of still stealing anywhere from thirty to fifty bags for us. Yeah, I agree, Ray. Uh, you got one teed up for Skip? Absolutely, Skip. How are you? Yes, good, Chuck. How you doing? Uh, this is Ray. Um, Ray. Why is it we see so many players? And I got to read you some stats that leave Philly and do much better than when they were here. I mean, we have uh, Velasquez. We got Kyle Gibson, David Robertson, Zach Elflin. Only, even even uh, Hector Nurse. Oniak was doing better. What's – what's – what's – Crawford was uh, um, uh, uh, Seattle. Yeah. Right. Right, JP. Yeah, Zach, Coach Skip. You got Zach Eflon. Zach Eflon has got a 3.17 RA. With us, it was 4.49. You got um, you got David Robertson. You got Kyle Gibson with a 3.82 ERA. Velasquez with a 3.86, and on and on and on of other pitchers we've let go. What is it in Philly? Do you think that that guys can't perform here? Yeah, I think that uh, I think when you look at uh, a guy like Eflin, uh, you know, like he's uh, you got to really Eflin's a pitcher, and in today's in the today's game with analytics, you know, like they like the power fastball things like that. Uh, although he Eflin has a good fastball, his fastball is a sinker. He's a ground ball pitcher, and you put him on the right team with the right defense and things like that, and. and uh, and you, you know, like, and he's always capable of uh, getting better because his, his better of his command and control. You know, like that's that's how good he's going to pitch, and he's uh, definitely uh, you know like off to a good start and having a good year with uh, Tampa Bay. And he's but he's always had talent, and uh, uh, you know, like as far as Robertson, Robertson's a journeyman. He's knocked around, he's been knocking around, and at times his stuff uh, plays up better than others you know like he's inconsistent with his stuff at times in command but uh but but you know when he's on and he's doing good you know like he stands out it's kind of like when uh if you remember back when uh our teams uh you know like we always had people at when the start of the season uh you know like they might be like like a long man or or something like that and they step up Matson was one of those guys that finally stepped up up and learned how to pitch in the back in the bullpen Oh, but, yeah. but at the same time, you always got someone. If you're going to win and you know, like and, th- and really compete, you know, someone on your team has to do better than you 
anticipate coming out of spring training. And sometimes you have uh, anywhere from one to three guys that do that. Maybe you one position player and two pitchers really step up and, you know, like they have uh, better, you know, like better seasons than they used to, uh, uh, used to have it. And, uh, you know, like in, uh, that right there is what really helps you. I mean, you, the game is, you know, like it's hard to explain in a lot of ways, but at the same time too, you know, like, uh, you know, like how someone feels, it's hard for them to explain that to you. But at the same time, you get back to how they adjust at other places and other cities and, and, and different teams, you know, like, and also it definitely has something to do with the chemistry and, 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 uh, and the guys that they're playing with. Right. Right. I mean, like Hector Naris, coach, uh, Skip has a 1.25 ERA this year. And right. I, just, I think of the struggles, you know, he had in Philly, but like you said, it could be the team camaraderie is much stronger where he's at. You know, maybe there's more Latin players. I mean, who knows? Yeah, um, you know, uh, yeah, Hector, you know, like, uh, you know, like, you know, like we had Hector quite a while. And, uh, and, uh, uh, if you go back and you watch Hector, uh, every year, you know, like he, 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 he throws a splitter and, you know, like, and, and, uh, it seems like, uh, uh, when he has his, uh, like his good command with his splitter, that's when he really pitches good. You know, like when he gets in a, when he gets behind in the count and he has to throw a fastball for a strike or he has to throw a strike, and, you know, like you, and you force him to throw his fastball, although it's about 95, you know, like uh, the split is, is actually still his best pitch. Mm-hmm. All right, Skip, I want to I wanna get your opinion on something. Imagine you're in the dugout first at coaching this team again and you're looking at Kyle Schwarber in left field right now. The past two seasons, we're looking at almost 200 games, you know, through last season and so far this year three assists in call it 1500 chances. What will that? the he Schwarber has about three assists in 200 games, 1500 chances over the past two years. He's not, yeah, he's not throwing anybody out. Is there a point where the Phillies should go to Schwarber and say, unless it is a do or die moment or an obvious out, we need to refrain for you from throwing home because just over the past few weeks, we've seen multiple examples of him Trying to take it out at home, the runner is safe, and the lead, and the hitter advances from first to second base, which is a huge difference, obviously. Right, you know, like uh, like when you bring uh, uh, Swarber up and you talk about his defense and everything like that. You know, if you go back and and you really uh, watch every team in baseball play nowadays, for some reason you're like the bat plays up and they and and the teams really, uh, you know, like if you watch. The teams throw from the outfield, and uh, fundamentally, there's not re- real good uh, uh, defensive teams in the, in, uh, in, the, in in baseball anymore. Although they make great plays, you know, like they make these sliding sliding catches and acrobatic catches, but at the same time, you know, like the throwing part where they really work on, uh, uh, you know, like throwing the baseball and getting good carry on their throws and things, you know, like the, you know, like that's kind of. Uh, uh, not really emphasized much anymore, and, and and I'm not talking about just the Phillies and things like that. I'm talking about every team in baseball. That's what I see. Yeah, you know, Skip, that's a fair answer. But just to kind of underscore uh, Chad's point a little bit, yeah, Schwarber can't throw home. Um, I, the numbers I had, Chad actually gave him two assists. My data yeah. showed one assist. In three years, over 2,200 innings in left field. In other words, every single time he throws home, a runner's going to advance to second without a put out at the plate. Could the Phillies say, based on analytics, hey, Kyle, you're, I know you're out left field because of Harper situation, but we want you keeping the back runner off a of second instead of throwing home. I don't care how obvious it looks. Now, if it's the end of the game, a winning run, of course. But other than that, we want you keeping the trail runner off a second because the analytics show you're not going to throw anybody out at home plate. They would never do that. That's too far-fetched, right? Yeah, well, yeah. In, in, uh, uh, probably because, you know, like there's always that chance when, when he has to make a – uh, throw at home play that you know, like in a big part of the game where that is a winning run or tying run or yeah. something like that. You, you know, like more than likely, you know, like, 
uh, whoever's in charge is definitely going. You know, like uh, they're going to want him to try to execute, yeah. throw a course, yeah, because that you know, like that that that's where that's the part of the game is is where we're at, and you know what we need to get to, uh, get to do. Yeah. But at the same time, too, we don't want runners, you know, getting extra bases on us. But getting back to what I just said a few minutes ago, if you notice, uh, almost every team in baseball anymore. The, you know, you know, like uh, uh, they'll give up a, a base, like a runner that hit the ball, he'll end up on second. You like when there was absolutely no reason at all he should be standing there. Yeah, I you think. Know? Yeah, I think where it's a little more demonstrative to the to the Phillies and to maybe our team because we we dive into the stats like crazy people, so we see stuff in another light, another world that other people aren't seeing all the time. We're bothered by the fact that all three outfielders for the Phillies have a negative defensive run save uh, composite right now. And we just wonder, geez, if if you had other guys that could play out there that were better defensively, would there be that trade-off? Because right now Marsh, and I love, I love Brendan Marsh. I love the one we got him the whole thing. Nothing, we, none of us have anything against any of these guys personally, far from it. But Brendan, right. Brendan Marsh, the last two months, Junie's 207, with a 464 OPS, his slug is 207. I mean, his slug's 207. May he was 208. His slug was 278, and he 590. So he's got two doubles and one home run in the last hundred at bats. When you take Marsh and you add him to Stott with only five home runs, Baum with only six, but he was out a while. JT with only five home runs. Harper's got three. No wonder the team's 27th in home runs. What about the power outage? Are we going to be able you know, we're low in walks and we're low in home runs. Can you resurrect either one of those? It's kind of tough to change the walk culture overnight, right, Skip? I mean, it's, come yeah, on. That's... Yeah. So, so what do you do here? You're not hitting home runs and you're not walking, but you expect the offense to improve beyond where they are right now because – yeah, they're still at four point two runs per game through sixty one, and that's not going to win. Yeah, I got. I understand exactly what you're saying. I look at that, and actually, we can get into that a little bit deeper. Really, is you know, like when the Phillies have have beaten uh, some teams like uh, fifteen to two or thirteen to something, but they get about five or six, seven games in there, and you start adding, adding those runs up, and you don't really understand. And then you start saying uh, we scored this many runs per game and everything like that. But I'm not really into that. I want to know, you know, like uh, when we're scoring runs and we're uh, getting ahead of people and we're trying to finish them off, you know, like and our offense, you know, like what you see is, is exactly what it is. And baseball is mis- uh, it's, it's, it's mistaken sometimes when you look at it and you look at the stats. And they say they say one thing, and they tell you, well, the Cleveland Indians scored so many runs when Charlie Manuel was managing. But how many of those runs, you know, like did we uh, really average in a game, uh, you know, like day in and day out, and uh, you know, like take away those games that where a position player comes in and pitches or something against us, and you know, like when we bang the ball around, run up runs. I mean, those are not really true game winning runs, you know. That's amazing you say that because we did that stat. That's incredible. It's like we rehearsed it, but we didn't rehearse this with you yesterday, right, Skip? So what we did, we went back and looked at 17 games, last 17 games since May 21st, and we took out the Nats because that does kind of artificially inflate the numbers. And in the last 17 games, and Detroit's in there, we only averaged 3.4 runs per game. Um, We haven't yet strong six runs in a game consecutively three times yet this year. So I think that kind of underscores your point. If you throw out the, uh, the the crazy games where you put up 10 or 15, we're averaging 3.4 runs over the last 17 games. That's concerning, right, Skip? Right. Very con- Yeah, that is concerning because if you stop and think, and, you, and uh, I hear people uh, always uh, this year absolutely – you know, like they're uh, they're remembering the, what we did last year and things like that. Well, last year was last year. Yep. We're in a new year, and at the same time, too, last year 
the second half of the season, you know, like we've got to say we definitely, our offense definitely uh, played a big role in us winning. And it, uh, you know, like, and we had a, a high potent offense, you know, like at the, especially the last couple months of the year, the season last year. And, uh, you know, like we got to get back to being consistent and, 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 uh, you know, like in scoring, you know, like, uh, scoring run, uh, more consistent in the game and not, and, you know, like knocking in our, our runs that we're supposed to and playing better baseball is what it is. It's just, uh, we got power on our team. But at the same time, too, you know, like uh, we're supposed to hit because, uh, you know, like uh, we're built that way. Right. And uh, and I look for, you know, like especially from here on out, I'd say uh, with Harper in the lineup and things like that, I think you're going to see more power, you know, like our power come out. But when you've got some players struggling and, and, uh, and they're having a hard time knocking in runs, you know, like uh, it's hard for you to be consistent. If you if, if you stop and think about it, when a team's you know you know, like when we talk about uh, a, a player, you know like if you uh say a uh, uh, say your singles double hitter in the big leagues, if you don't knock in runs, well you got to score runs. Right, exactly. You know, you know, you know, and but at the same time too, if you only score in some runs and you only knock in some runs, that that leads to un un. Uh, you, you know, like a very successful uh, offense or or an inconsistent offense, and uh, 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 I've seen us have you know, like when I was managing the Phillies, and we had we tried Ben Ben Rivera in the leadoff hole, right. and you know, like uh, uh, Ben Rivera could hit three hundred, and and he could have a high, uh, pretty good on base percentage, but at the same time, you know, like uh, you know, like he didn't score enough runs because uh, you, you know, like the be a regular player because he didn't knock anybody in either. So who's your who's your MVP this year offensively? Casty? Castellanos right yeah. now, you know, like he's he's really, you know, like he did a lot of hard work in spring training. He's very he had a tough year last yeah. year. And if you notice what he what he's doing, he's hitting the ball more out front. Right, he's exactly. staying behind the baseball. He's not lunging. He's not getting, you know, like too much out front and he's strong. And although, you know, like yesterday he was off balance a little bit, but he still kept his hands up and he caught the ball out front. Boy, he looks strong. Out front, out front, if you've got strength and power, out front is where, you know, like that's where everything happens. And mm-hmm. if you want to get – people always talk about launch angle and things like that, We and we've talked about it before, but if you hit the ball out front, you will get balls in the air. Right. Sure. Yeah, it, I mean, really. It, it, he, that's what he's doing. I was amazed that ball went out before we turned back to Big Ray. I was amazed that ball went out. I thought he was too much out front and too extended. Right. And that ball went out towards center. I mean, right. it, there's nothing cheap about that home run, man. Right. And he's like oh. flicking it out front, and the ball goes. It must, maybe it's a good carry day yesterday. Right. Yeah, uh, hot topic today. Um, late last night, Stanford's ace. Uh, Quinn Matthews threw 155 pitches uh, in, in a win. Uh, he's property at Tampa Bay. They drafted him last year. He had 17 strikeouts, you know, 100 strikes. Uh, kid wouldn't come out. Uh, you could see what he was telling his pitching coach every time he came out. Two things. Um, and it was the back-and-forth game. And, uh, you know, in, in the end, it was, they were up by five runs going into the ninth inning. So my question to you is, what's your take on that, and what's the highest number you allowed your pitchers to throw? Right, uh, uh, first of all, you know, like, uh, that's old school baseball. Mm-hmm. And uh, before and before you go any, any farther with it, uh, Roy Oswald's first game in the major leagues, he pitched against us when I was in Cleveland. And that was his, and that was his first, first, first big league game. And his manager let him throw 150 some pitches. If you want to uh, go back and check up on me and wow. see how much I know, and uh, but at the same time too, you know, like and I thought back then, I go, man, that's a, for for a guy that just walked out there and his first start in the big league, first game or something for him to throw that much many pitches, you know, like you know, like I thought, yeah, it was a little bit too much. But at the same time too, my pitchers used to go like Holiday and those guys. Uh, when they left spring training, our pitchers was up to a hundred. Uh, they'd already stuck, been over a hundred pitches three times, 
and they were up to 115 pitches. That's where we tried to get them, 120. Mm-hmm. And in the, in the big leagues, when you we got guys like Hamels, Holiday, and those big starters like that, when they get uh, when they get around, like the hardest part about it, if they get like have about 115 pitches when you go out there for the ninth inning or something like that, right? You look up if you're not careful, they'll be going over 130 or something. And, uh, you know, like I think to keep them, you know, like really strong during the season, there is a cutoff point. I would say. It's in between anywhere from 120 to 125 or something like that. For and me. It's funny you mentioned Cole Hamels because he, he's a lot like him. You know, 93-mile-an-hour lefty. But he was throwing uh, his changeup and his slider probably 80% of the time, which which, right. you know, which is another thing. But right. uh, a lot of controversy, a lot of people on both sides uh, right. today speaking about yeah. that. Thanks yeah, but you know, like uh, the pitching has definitely changed. You know, like when you see when you see like yesterday's game when Walker came out after five innings and he, he had a what a two, two hits, yeah, two hits, two right. shutout going and things like right. that. You know, like uh, I mean, like when I was on the field, that was you know, like that was never heard of. But today's game is you know, like that's the way that they they there's uh, a change in the game. And it's not like that I'm knocking anything about the changes, the changes, the change. I don't have nothing to do with it. But at the same time, too, you know, like philosophies, it's a different philosophy. And see, what I really, I think my philosophy worked for me because of my players and the players that I had executed, you know, like, and and I was telling Rich Doobie this week when I saw him, he was my pitching coach. And I was, you know, I was complimenting him at a good job he did because, you know, like uh, you, you know, like he had control of our pitchers, and and you know, like and he did a good job of of doing what we set out to do, our philosophy, and 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 our philosophy's proven. I'm not saying that uh, the analytics problem, the uh, uh, philosophy can't be proven, but at the same time, too, you know, like uh, there's there's different opinions, and that's what actually that's what makes baseball a real game. Cleveland plays little ball nowadays. Probably the probably the only team in uh, major leagues that really uh, go that route. But at the same time, they also show that they can uh, be competitive doing that. And 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 probably Francona, you know, like he's been around a while and he's a good manager. And and he thinks, well, that's the way we gonna have to play. You know, like to, to get where we're at, and that's the best way to use our talent on our team. That's who we are, and the identity of his players. They dictate what kind of game they play. But nowadays, the game is everybody goes with the analytics programs, and 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 that's how the, the changes in the game is is, is because of big, is, there's a different philosophy on pitch. And nowadays, you have the relievers that come in, and you starters. Although you pay the big money to your your starters, and you know, like your your rotation pitchers and things like that, you know, like uh, they still come out, but be like in the fifth, the sixth. Definitely the seventh inning, things like that. So, Skip, right right now we're seeing something which is really defying, I guess, modern, modern, maybe the past 10 years of baseball. The guy from Miami, Lewis, I don't know if it's a Reyes, a Rez. Right now he's hitting 397 through 61 games. (laughs) I get that's not a full season. We're we're a little more, you know, we're about a third there, give or take. We're, We're seeing something that right now, if he were to hit 400 this year, hasn't been achieved on a large scale since Ted Williams did it in 1941. And there were some guys who came relatively close. Todd Helton hit 372 one year. Ichiro hit 372. Ha- My question, I guess, is have you seen Lewis play? You know, what can you yeah, tell us see, about him? I mean, 13 strikeouts this year. It, it, his yeah. approach is just incredible. Crazy numbers. Right. right. I play with a guy a lot like that, Rod Carew. You know, like uh, he, uh, we, uh, Rod Carew and I first started playing on the same team in 1964 in the Florida State League. I got to see him about his whole career. And uh, this guy puts me in the mind of a Carew. And I also it puts me in the mind of a Tony Gwynn. Yeah. And yeah. this guy comes to, he comes to the, ball, uh, the ballpark every day and he hits the ball. Good example, and I'm 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 very excited because you asked me about him because he is kind of what I stand for as, as far as repetition and things like that. He's taught himself to be that kind of hitter, 
and he can put the ball in play. He can actually, if two strikes is on him, he can, he can, uh, he's got uh, eye, hand, back control, you know, ball to bat skills to put the ball in play if it's, if it's out of the strike zone. And he hits the ball everywhere on the field. I, I was looking at his charts this morning, you know, like on my phone. And, and it, it really, and what he does, he, he comes to the ballpark every day and he's a guy that loves to hit and he's up there and he, and he makes adjustments with especially with two strikes. He's determined he's going to put the ball in play. And, and then I, I know you guys have heard me talk about the luck of the game. Oh yeah. And, and that's sure. what happens. Hey, you help make the luck of the game by being able to put that fat part of the bat on the ball and consistently day in and day out. And that's how you get a high batting average. And, and, and that's why that you hit the ball all over the field and it's hard for them to defend you. And you're like, they, and I mean, they got to basically, I, you know, like for me, if I'm coaching against him, uh, I think we're going to play him straight away and things like that but because he's making you play him that way. Yeah, I think it's a really good example of just putting the ball in play and how much value there can be by just not striking out. I mean, look at baseball. It's all it is is strikeouts. Now there's guys who play every day who hit 150, who hit 170. Yeah, and those guys play every day. And this guy just says, look, I'm, I mean, he's not the most powerful hitter. He's not not a power hitter at all. He's got one home run, but he puts the ball in play. And if you do look at his spray chart, because I pulled it up while you were mentioning that, it's exactly what you want to see in any hitter. It's all over the field. I mean, he's got doubles to left center, right center, down both lines, and his hits are so scattered you can't even tell if one way's favoring the other. That's what that's just pure a pure baseball hitter right there. That's a great hitter right there. Right, exactly. Hey, hey, let me tell you guys this. I think those are the things I talk about when I say know thyself, and when I coach a hitter, uh, uh, and when I and also when I play, never like this. I wanted to get the most out of my talent that I had, but when I coach a player, I want to take that player and let him realize what kind of player he is and what his assets are and what he's got to be good at to stay in the major leagues and be a, a, a really good player. And I coach off of that guy's uh, his style and his talent and things like that, and that's a good example. That kid is a good example. Minnesota, for some reason, you know, like they didn't want a 300 hitter, but at the same time, when hey, when this guy right here, he has the value on your team, and he definitely can stay in the lineup and play. Yeah, and one, he, he can, so one last thing, and I'll ask yeah. everyone listening to check this out on on Baseball Savant. Type in Lewis again, Arez, Arez, whatever it is, because this thing is kind of unbelievable. His hard hit percentage, so how he's really, you know, if he's is he hit making great contact. It's in the bottom two percent of all MLB players. That's unbelievable. His, right. his barrel percentage, bottom two right, percent right. of all MLB so players. So what's he get? An unbelievable butt bit of luck on balls, balls <laughs> well, in play, bud. I mean, what's his batting average he, with balls in play? Something's got to give. Well, if you look at his expected batting average, oh here we go. It's Deep three, analytics. It's, go. Here we go, Skip. It's three thirty-two, but okay. he's hitting three ninety-seven. Oh, so he's getting a lot of breaks. So uh, this year it looks but like he's not he striking getting, out. So but he deserves yeah, a break. He's not striking out. So that's the point. You're look. You're gonna get lucky. There's a there's a bunch of square footage out there. Yep. There's only nine guys on the yep. field, and one of them's behind <laughs> one's you. Behind you. <laughs> <laughs> so there's eight hey, guys. Hey, that's great. Let's put right. the ball in play. Gave him ricochets. Right. Gave him yep. ricochets. Hey. You know. Hey, hey, a good point you're making is listen. When you look at that guy hit and things like that, and you and you think to yourself. Uh, he's hitting 397. Well, let me tell you this. That guy, he's got a 397 for sure uh, on base percentage. And if he walks or gets hit with a ball or things like that, it, you know, his, 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 his own base percentage, is, it goes way higher than that. Yeah, so, he's 452. Like, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, you, in baseball today, we say batting average don't count. Yeah, yeah. And things like that. Well, you know, like uh, if you hit – in the big leagues, if you hit 230 and you've got uh, a 350 on base percentage, I, I don't know how. I don't know if that's really good or not. Really, when I think about it, because most guys that uh, you know, like if they hit 45 or 50 home runs and they hit 270 or 280, they gonna have a 400 on base percentage. Yeah, check Ryan Howard or Tommy or guys like that out. You know, like or or or, or A Rod or 
Manny Ramirez were guys, guys that were really big hitters and see what their on base percentage was. So when some guy hits uh, 40 home runs and he's got a, a 323 on base percentage, and you and somebody says, well, he, well, he's got a good on base percentage. He does? Yeah. You know, like, tell me. I, I, I will argue with you on that. Yeah, it's a great so, point. That's why, <laughs> that's why last year, not to jump on him because people accused me of jumping on Kyle Schwarber. But offensively last year, his O-war, and war is accurate. People all oh, don't talk war. Well, wait a minute. Why should right. war be disrespected, but in football, QBR isn't, quarterback rating, right. or, or in basketball, plus minus. So the equivalent in baseball is war, and that's why Trout's at the top of it and Babe Ruth is forever. It, it really is very accurate. But last year, uh, Schwarber, for 46 home runs, he only had a 1.8 yeah. war. Yeah. So baseball said his right. composite score wasn't even right. as good as the average major league player, all things considered, right. to your point. But I want to, before we wrap up here, you mentioned some fantastic hitters. When I was doing the research uh, on this guy, Lewis and Chad and I share the same DNA, so we both can't pronounce last names, Aries, whatever. I looked at George Brett. I looked at Boggs, I looked at Gwynn and Carew. Do you know that uh, that Gwynn, in five of his best years, hit 360, 394, 370, 353, and 372? Skip, that doesn't seem possible in Major League Baseball, does it? I mean, that's... Right, right. You know, exactly. And Boggs, yeah, Boggs... That's consistency. Was, yeah, consistency. Right. Boggs is... Right there, too. What do you think of this new new player for the Reds? Uh, uh, Eli, is it, or Ellie? Ellie De La Cruz. De La Cruz, 21 years old, 6'5", 200. Fastest guy in the game. He was 31.6 miles per hour to first. Uh, yesterday, broke an all-time record. Home to third <laughs> in 10 and a half seconds, and he's batting 364. Have you seen this kid yet, Skipper? I've seen him on uh, TV a couple of games. Right. And uh, he's really excited. I mean, he's very talented. He's really excited. And, and you know, like, and he's, uh, for a kid to come to the big leagues like that, he's definitely made an impression. Yeah. And uh, you can see where he has a chance to be a tremendous player because uh, the, the, the talent and the tools that he has. You know, he, uh, he has a chance to be a, 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 a very – Good, successful player, I think. If you look at him, he's very, ta- he's very talented. Very, like you said, he can fly. You know, like he can run, he can throw. He's got power. He's got a good swing. He's got a quick bat. So. Yeah, uh, Bo was telling us last week how good the um, Clearwater team, the Threshers, is it? Uh, th- they, what are they, 45 and 15? Uh, now that's a ball, right, uh, Skip? But the, yeah. apparently, that represents a lot of good draft picks down there. And Bo said they're playing some fantastic right. baseball with speed, power, yeah. and really good defense. He said, "Yeah, they, they are exciting. Matter of fact, I'm getting ready to go down there tomorrow. I'll be down there uh, this week most of the time. Uh, I've seen them three games early in the season, and." Uh, that was right when their season got started. And uh, at that time, uh, as far as the games go, they weren't hitting real good. But you could see the talent there. I saw I saw them play in spring training some. And you could see that the talent was there. And I love the way they play the game. And I like I like everything about their hustle and their enthusiasm. And their, I mean, it's, uh, they really play good. Uh, Crawford has got a chance to be a big-time player. Wow. He's got, he's got a lot of talent. He's young, he's thin, and uh, when he gets about 195 to 200 pounds on his frame, he's going to be some kind of player. And uh, they got some – there's other guys on their team. Uh, we had a good draft last year, mm-hmm. and uh, I've seen some good players, you know, like uh, uh, come out of our draft that I like, and it's just a matter of them getting some experience and, uh, and getting to play and uh, you know, like see how good they can be. Definitely, definitely there's some – uh, we've got some guys now that's playing in the minor leagues that's going to play in the big leagues. All right, so, Skip, when you get down there, where's your favorite uh, steakhouse? My favorite, <laughs> my favorite steakhouse? Yep. 
or restaurant? Uh, you know, do you have a favorite down there you look forward to? Oh, oh, uh, uh, it's in Tampa, Burns. Burns, okay, yeah, yeah, all right, great place. Yes, but also too on the on on the uh, Clearwater Beach, there's two or three I like. You know, like I like Beachcomber. I've, I've been going there ever since 1964. Oh wow, Beachcomber. Okay, check that out. We'll yeah. get down there next next spring. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah you gotta check that out. I gotta close yeah. a real real quick. Good question, Skip. You had two unbelievable teams from Cleveland and Philadelphia. Here we go. Two things. Who would win your best Cleveland team or Philly? Ooh. And when you go and when you go <laughs> to the hall, which hat are you wearing? <laughs> That's a good one. I'm going to need you. I'm going to need you to answer those. Hey guys, I want to tell you something. The team that we we had two different teams, and that was you know that actually would be. And I'm not ducking the question because that would be hard for me to tell you <laughs> because in Cleveland we had a bunch of guys that would fight amongst themselves. You know, like and things like that every day, man. And you know, like, and they didn't get along good. But when the game started, man, only, the the only thing they wanted to do is go out there and outdo the other player. And it was great competition, and 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 definitely competed with more with one another than they did the other team. I think. And 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 they all, everybody we had, if you go check our bench out, they were good. They were good hitters, man. They were, and they, they and they loved to uh, hit and they loved to play. But at the same time, you know, then in Philly we had more of a a team that was more settled, more professional, and studied the game more, and things like that. And also we had we had uh, you know like when you have players like Utley, uh, Howard, Rollins, Victorino, all, and all these uh, Jason Burrow, and all these guys that we had. We had guys that loved to play, and 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 also you know like we had a lot of uh, camaraderie and. And in good life, and got, and actually got along with each other real well. So you know, like if you put those two together, I would say uh, the Phillies team that we had, they were definitely baseball wise, as far as playing the game wise, they they were very good. But when you think, go think about the offense, just the offense, the Cleveland could really get it on. Yeah. They oh could, yeah. They could. Have. <laughs> that's a Phillies hat you'd be wearing in the hall? Yeah, right there's where we won the World Series, wasn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good uh, answer. Well, listen, uh, Skip, we love having you on. Safe travels yeah. going south. And I hope you come back and uh, hey. enjoy this because you're, you're just a jewel hey. to have on, man. You're, you're, I, I, oh, Jason, I enjoy it. And also, I enjoy uh, the data that that, that you guys collect and go back and do your homework. You're pretty good at it, man. Thank uh-huh. you. Thank a compliment you. from you, seriously, is a very tall thing. That's good stuff, man. Thank you for the very yeah. kind words. We can't wait to get you back, but stay safe. And uh, I know that when you're down there, you're observing baseball as good as anybody in the game because you have a real good baseball mind, which everybody knows, but you are unbelievably articulate about the stuff that you know. So you're, you're – you're quite an asset to the franchise, my man. Uh, thank you. I appreciate that. And also, I enjoy your show. All right, man. God bless. We'll talk Thanks. to you soon, Skip. Thanks, Skip. All yeah. right. Bye-bye. Yeah. God bless you guys. Be Bye. Well. Be well. The Skipper. That was awesome. Another great interview. Yeah. What, what happens is we got to warm them up. We got to warm. We got to get them loose. And once we lubricate them, it's, it's fun, you know. Yeah. Lubricate. The best was. I had a damn. I had an email come by on my, you know, the page. Yeah, thanks me. for the blown tire, blow oh, out, blow out on I ninety five. Ray goes. Ray knew it was oh, wait, Zach. Wait, 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 I he goes. Wait, 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 go ahead, you got the floor. Go ahead. I send fifty seven pages of, of facts, which are amazing. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna write a book with his knowledge. Trust me. And and so I go to pick you know, the one I was going to discuss and someone sent me a text which dropped everything to the bottom. So when I went back to try to find the page, I didn't know where the hell it was. Finally, I found it at the end. Thank God. But, I don't know. Ray goes. Ray, is it, is it Zach Efron or Zach yeah, Efron? Efron, it got all the names wrong. And it's, I'm like, oh, God, let me resurrect this the debacle. The guy was running the first base 31 miles an hour. I, I know. I was in a car. Yeah. I, I thought you were part of the I-95 collapse. I was like, what the hell? You know? <laughs> <laughs> they just spilled aisle nine, man. I came, well, I came to 
the one that made him smile. At yeah, the end, we, so. we we were cool. Remember the uh, remember the blowout bitch had where the uh, coke and went all over the table. <laughs> oh, dip cup. Oh, clean, it was awful. Clean up on the aisle. And all of a sudden, the Gribbly <laughs> cleanup patrol showed up. Clean about, up all, you know, all of a sudden, all the paper towels of the universe came flying into the boardroom, you know? Uh, yeah, your wife came in with your daughter. I was uh, like, oh, man, the guy, don't, we, don't touch that. Chad's, Chad's holding the module up in the air so it doesn't hit the... the <laughs> Oh, it's just crazy. All right, so uh, I almost asked Charlie to rant with us. I was going to say, Charlie, Skipper, you're on a roll. Can you give us the first rant or rave? But I didn't, you yeah. know, yeah, but, uh, yeah, in the very beginning, too, the first question, there was a little bit of a connection problem there uh, about the rules, remember? About the rules. And he yeah. like, wasn't giving bunch of, okay, we got a <laughs> hiccup in here along. Riz, you want about lead off? Do you have anything here to add a rant or a rave? You no, know, I think we covered it all this week. I don't have a rant or rave. Uh, you're rantless. That's because you're busy at the new house, which is beautiful. I am rantless. And over at the job, I think we're keeping you busy. So how about the Wiz is rantless or, or raveless, should we say? How about you, Raven? Big dog, what do you got? I'm just going to say, uh, again, the Phillies, after, you know, pulling our leg for uh, – first couple months of the season you know everyone wants to know did they turn it around did they turn it around but like chuck and i said give it another week people they're playing some tough competition yes you know they they got two out of three so far from from the dodgers so uh and uh, schwarber in the leadoff spot which we kind of hate but hey you know he's producing so and the manager wants to leave him there when you hear him talk uh so Let's give it another week. Charlie Manuel was incredible. Another great show. And uh, I kick it over to you, my friend. Yeah, well, my, my mini rant, because I've said it before, so just a quick synopsis. But I'll trust the team when we start playing competitive baseball against the 500 teams, if we haven't done it in four, four years. So a team that's currently 12 and 21 against 500 teams, the Braves are 14 and 13. There's one of your contemporaries. So to really strain the data, you go back to 22. What were the Phillies? 34 and 47. Not so good. Gets 500 teams. What were the Braves? 40 and 37. I won't do 21 because it's getting old. But So then you look at the other elite teams in baseball. What do they do against 500 teams? A lot of people told me when I put this out at first, you're, you're missing something in your analysis. I'm always intrigued when somebody doesn't start off with a question, but asserts that I'm missing something. And I, I entertained him. I said, what am I missing? And it, that all the great teams just get by against 500 teams and they kill the uh, inferior teams. Wrong Amundo is what I told the gentleman who said that. Check out Houston. Check out the Dodgers. Check out the Yankees. Da-da-da-da-da-da for three years and you will not see a 500 record from those three teams. And by the way, a couple others too, uh, I, I gave you the, the Braves. So a lot of the 500 teams like the Phillies play 500 ball against the better teams and clean up on the bad ones. We don't do that. We don't compete with the 500 teams. Now, this is a very stark four year trend and that means that your house is not in order. Something is wrong. What's hanging over the Phillies that makes them not able to compete for four years against the better teams? I'll give you one word. It could be, obviously, it could be across all of the operational boundary lines. But I'll give you one word that keeps them from doing that. Defense. This team doesn't make the routine plays. I saw it again this weekend, even in the wins. The, Turner did wanted no parts of a ball over his left shoulder yesterday, and uh, uh, our center fielder uh, had to come in on the fly and looked at him like, that's not my ball. That That's 10 feet over your head. That's your ball. But Marsh had to come flying 120 feet to make the play. He doesn't want to go anywhere near left field with, with the linebacker coming in. Uh, you look at his numbers, negative defense. Across the board, everybody's negative right now except JT, but he's not having a 
great year, his uh, thrown out percentage has dropped to 27%. So they, you know, teams that lead the league in defense, a real stat, win 62% of their games. That's a 620 winning percentage. That will get you to the World Series. That's just defense. So, I mean, obviously some of those teams are doing 60. They probably hit and pitch a little bit too. But, you you know, so I'll trust them when they start playing 500 ball against the better teams. And they haven't done that in four years. So people are asking me for my validation. They're calling me negative. And I'm just saying, no, I, the data doesn't tell me right now to be super positive. And then they come back with the World Series. Listen, we know anything can happen in postseason. We know teams catch lightning in a bottle. All those proverbial things, saying cliches, are true. All right? And they did that, and it was great. But I think it's camouflage. I don't think you're looking currently right now at a World Series winning team. I don't think it's. I don't think the composition of the team is that. And that is my rant today. That this, if I were GM, and I'm talking to you two guys today, I am starting to talk about making moves with guys that currently could be at an apex to move. Castellanos is perfect. No D. Don't give me his number of assistant right field. No D. I. He's he's playing career ball. Forget last year. I'll give him that. Perfect kind of move right now because I know I can go get two double-A players that have good stats, good pedigree, were high draft choices for Castellanos. Um, does Schwarber have any market value with his 46 home runs? I suspect not, but other guys No, he do. has value, yeah. Right, okay, so you can't move Turner. You don't think he has value to the Yankees yeah. in a short porch? Or, or come on, yeah, Cincinnati. Yeah, Cincinnati. How, how many DHs could the Yankees have? No, Cincinnati, I don't know who their DH is. He have five more home runs probably okay. right now. So if we agree that Schwarber has market value, uh, and I'm going to close on this. You have to be stark staring nuts not to talk about moving Kyle Schwarber. First of all, you're blocking not one, but two guys in AAA with great numbers at 24 years old. When the hell are you going to bring them up if you're not going to bring them up at 24? You're not going to say next at 26, bud. They're too old to no. cultivate because it takes yep. two to three years to get in the major leagues, right? Yeah. No, I agree. Right? I agree with it. So you yeah. got two stars in, in – in the in triple A, and they both run, and they both hit with power, and they could be elite players. Blocked by Schwarber's contract. Yep, the guy has a career eleven WAR divided by nine years. He's he's not even a two per year, but nobody says that. Nobody gets it about this guy. Yeah, I I, I know, and we've hit this Don't argument a million times. Shit. But... I'm sorry, man, but yeah, I, I I'm not saying I'd be dismantling the team. What I'd say right now, what I'm saying is with Wheeler, Turner, Harper, I'm going to start to infuse young players, hoping some of those kids from the A team are going to be fast-track players. And maybe in three years from now, we have an Arizona Diamondbacks type of team because they're going to win for 10 years with with the guys that they brought up. The Reds look like they're going to be unbelievable. There's other teams, Tampa Bay, of course, figured it out once Braves. again. But you got to Braves. I mean, Acuna's 24. You got to bring, you got to have those good, young, athletic, good defensive speed demons. Everybody says, well, they're hard to find. Well, Boas said there's seven of them on the, on the single A team down there, right? So, anyway, that's a long rant. Could we find out what the, 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 the powerhouse, powerhouse Phillies of the late 70s? To, to 1983, what their record was against 500 teams. I'm just curious. What year was it, right? Well, I would say easy, 79 to 83. 79 to 83. Let's look I at thought, how... I the, thought they stunk in those years. No! Listen, right. they were... If you look at their record, they were great in the late okay. 70s. Right. They should have won several divisions, but, you know... Alright, so from 79 to 83, the Phillies... Um, were fifth best in baseball against teams greater than, I'm sorry, yeah, teams greater than 500. Okay, fifth best. So fifth yeah. best at 413 wins and okay. 342 They're losses. not that now. That record 
minus 65 is not fifth best, I assure you, right? I'll pull it up right now for what year? 20, the past three years, 21 to 23? Yeah, that's fine. That should work. They're probably going to. 113 wins, Chuck. Yeah. Not no, 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 I, no, you're right. Yeah, so right, I was just losing. Right, right now, the past three years, Phillies are 15th at 201 and Bingo. 188. Bingo. 15th. That's not a team I could trust yet, right? No, all the good teams no, I, I know. are, I you know, at work, the top. But, yeah. Dodgers, Houston, Tampa, Atlanta, Yankees. Dodgers yeah. are 254 and 136. How about that? Now, the reason they're 15th, right, is because you have so many bad, bad franchises underneath that, right? right. So there's 10 right. teams you throw out before you do this data. I mean, and Washington's <laughs> 140 and 242. Yeah, there you go. So now you take the good franchises, and they're 15th. And right. that's not constructing a team built to win. This goes to GM ship. This goes to draft. Look at the international signings were woeful. They finally have a few. They didn't have a prolific player in their system that was an international signing the last ten years. You didn't no, have no Japanese, no, no no Japanese players. No, uh, no, like you said, no, not a lot of players. And and when you draft as bad as they've drafted, when you have a front office down as bad as it was, they cleaned house. They got rid of everybody. But then they yeah. were just sitting on their laurels. They weren't getting the job done. They weren't assessing baseball, and they weren't developing baseball players. Anyway, that's a wrap. So, Bud, yeah. tell us how to get a hold of us. All right, as always, at speakingofsportspod.com. Any social media, just type speaking of sports. You'll find us there. Chuck's number is 609-828-5569. Heard from our buddy Mark Jones last week. Nice to have Mark. His kids are growing up and beautiful kids. Congratulations on that, Mark. A little shout out there for Mark. Good fan of the show. Uh, quick shout out to Best Steakhouse that Charlie uh, liked yeah. in, in Florida. What was it called? And to the Haddon Heights girls softball team that just won their second consecutive state championship with that kid that we She's focused a sophomore now, right? 40. She's a sophomore. She's like pitching perfect games every other game. Unbelievable. But they're going up to beat the Powers now in North Jersey, and she's shutting them down too. She yeah. should be signed to an Alabama or Tennessee contract yeah. already, some powerhouse yeah, she'll be team. High, high D1. Alabama? No, no, she, no will be. she should be. She I like, should. Oh, if she's this good as a sophomore, I mean, she's only getting and, better. So anybody that heard this podcast today that knows anybody in the connections of Had Night Softball, Please forward the show. I'd, I'd, I'd like her parents and uh, the player to hear the shout out. And to Rich Longo, who just passed away. Rich was uh, an umpire and a signer for 50 years. And what a gentleman on the uh, on the baseball and softball field. Just, Rich, I love you. I miss you. You were the epitome of a great umpire, you know. And uh, I could tell stories, but we're way too yeah, fast. Yeah, we got to go. All right. But but real quick, the steakhouse that Charlie loves in Florida, uh, we supply them their steaks. Braveheart, just right. a little, yeah, a little commercial on an hour nine minutes in. Ray wants to do a commercial. I nice job today with the data, Ray. Way to, way to come through for us, bud. Thank yeah. you, buddy. Yeah, we All right, it. everybody. It's right. Uh, we'll see you back next yeah. week You're for welcome. another show, and we'll be Frank Mashashino next Monday. Ray, it'll be exciting. Manakino, Manakino will be. With you got it, man. All right, we love you all. Happy Monday. God bless America, guys. We'll see you.